Welcome to Red's Line. It's March 26, 2019. This will be called Red's Line number two. And what significance does that hold? The big news this evening was Nick Senzel injured again in a minor league game. Of course, everybody knows that he was sent down a couple days ago to the minor league camp. But the significance of number two is let's go back to last year. They actually uh, sent him down to the minors to avoid his service time clock starting. And um, what had happened is when it got into May and June when they could have brought him up and still had that extra year, the Reds did nothing. They would not remove Billy Hamilton from center field even though he wasn't even hitting like around 200 in May, they kept Sinzel down there playing out of position. Let me explain something to you. The guy has played shortstop and third base in college. They brought him up. Last year, they had him working with Barry Larkin at shortstop to be the shortstop for this team. Okay, so Jose Peraza breaks out as... You know, with his 182 hits, congratulations, Peraza. That's great. But he had 22 errors. And here's the deal. Peraza's arm is not strong. That's why Atlanta moved him from shortstop to second base. He only got moved back to shortstop when he got back to Cincinnati. Or traded to Cincinnati. So, last year, he's working with Barry Larkin, Nick Senzel is. And they send him down, and he's playing second base out of position. The guy has bouts with vertigo, which he, you know, does exercises to control. Well, here's the deal. You don't need people crashing into you, breaking up double plays when you're Nick Senzel. The other reason why Nick Senzel doesn't need to be at second base is he has a rocket arm. I mean a great arm. Let's repeat that. He's got a rocket arm. So he is more polished, more available, more worth more, you know, on the left side of the infield at third base. They have Suarez there. No problem. Nick Senzel's a great athlete. If he can play center field, which the Reds think he can, and I know he can play center field, but his legs aren't acclimated to it. And I don't know if you guys listening to this know anything about anything, but 150, 140, 160 games of center field in Major League Baseball, that's an endurance. And Nick Senzel has never played in the outfield. He's been a shortstop, third baseman, you know, through his career, except when the Reds threw him in second base, and now the Reds throw him at center field. It's almost like this front office refuses to like say, okay, guy, here you're gonna you're gonna play short, you're gonna play third, we're gonna make make these moves. So anyway, back to Jose Peraza. His arm is not very good. I've watched him in person. I've seen his throws. Um, one time on TV, I saw him go in the hole and make a great throw. But um, in person, he his arm is just not there. And uh, I don't mean. On TV, his arm is great, and in person, it's not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying on TV, I'm seeing him make a great throw, and it was pretty good and accurate. But for the most part, his arm's just not a shortstop's arm. His arm's not a third baseman's arm. 
he needs to be at second base or center field or left field. And that's where Peraza needs to be. They have Nick Senzel, who came up as a third baseman, who is very athletic. He's got a rocket arm. He should be a shortstop. But here's what happened. A couple days ago, they sent him down to minor league camp, and now he's playing minor league uh, games and spring training. And he slid into uh, second base, and he hurt his ankle. So this is what happens when you play with the baseball gods. For two years in a row, they've done this. And it's so simple. All they have to do is deploy Nick Senzel at shortstop, put Jose Peraza at second base, until um, Scooter Jeanette gets back. Then when Scooter gets back, have Peraza go play center field. This isn't difficult. Um, the defense will be a lot better. The pitching staff's ERAs are going to be better. It's Everything's going to be better for the entire team, but it just seems like this front office doesn't understand that Jose Peraza, while he can make a few plays, he's not a shortstop. Now, as a bench player, can he play shortstop? No, no problem. If, you need a, if he was a bench player, you know, you could bring him in to shortstop you know, as a fill-in or for an injury or a day off. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he played in 156 games last year. He made 22 errors. Will he improve this year? Probably. I mean, it's hard to get worse. But it all goes back to profiling players when you're scouting these players. His arm does not profile as a shortstop's arm. That's why Atlanta moved him from shortstop to second base. Just go do some research in Baseball America and other blogs of people that have watched the guy. It's not that difficult. Back to Nick Senzel. Basically, what I'm saying is he either needs to be at third base and switch Suarez back to shortstop. And here's the funny part. Everybody criticizes me because I'm saying, well, move Suarez back to shortstop. Guess what, Cucumber? Suarez has more games at shortstop in his professional career than anybody on the roster right now that is, like, major league ready. So for him to go back to shortstop is not crazy. So if you want Suarez to be at third base, then you need to deploy Senzel at shortstop. Okay. Well, anyways, let's hope that the x-rays are negative. Let's hope that it's just, uh, you know, he turned it wrong or whatever the case may be. But here's the problem. They're messing with this kid two years in a row. And I would say if it wasn't basically last year, I understood it because they're trying to save a year, but you've already basically screwed the guy over to get your extra year. And then by you keeping him down when Billy Hamilton was hitting 200, instead of bringing him up and putting Billy Hamilton on the bench where Billy Hamilton probably could have helped win some games coming in as a pinch runner. You guys left him down there playing out of position and he got hurt. So you stole a whole year from Nick Senzel. <coughs> Excuse me. So back to here we are. We're in 2019. Last year you already stole an extra year. So you're going to do it again to the guy? So basically, you know, I understand when teams send players down for the two or three weeks. I think you can bring them up like April 21st or something or April 24th or 25th and it delays their um, service time clock. But here's the deal. 
You can't do it two years in a row. It's just wrong. So I think we have about got that covered as far as Senzel being sent down two years in a row. Got hurt playing out of position when he wasn't brought up when he was supposed to. This year, they've done it to him again. And here's the best part. They had an injury, which really didn't allow them to send Senzel back down with a straight face. But they're doing it anyway. So, what else do we got to talk about in Redsland? The roster spots. The final three guys are competing for, I guess, the 25th position. I'm going to call it the 24th position on the 25-man roster because everybody knows that I've said that Jose Iglesias, they chose Jose Iglesias over Connor Joe. Oh, by the way, speaking of Connor Joe, guess who's been starting for the San Francisco Giants in left field ever since they got him? And I know this is minor leagues, but Connor Joe's going to be their left fielder every day, basically. This isn't even a question anymore. They even had him lead off the first game they had him because he gets on base. So this is going to be really interesting. Remember this, people. Six years of Connor Joe for one bench season of Jose Iglesias. Phil Goslin slash Cliff Pennington. Okay, back to the uh, 24th hole of the 25-man roster. There's three pitchers, and it's pretty simple math. It's Robert Stevenson. Uh, the Reds' 2011 first-round draft pick, 27th overall. Um, Wandy Peralta, they signed him as an international free agent a long time ago, developed him. Sometimes, as we all know, Peralta's good. Sometimes Peralta's bad. It's just one day's there and one day he can't find the strike zone. And the other pitcher is Matt Whistler. Now, Matt Whistler used to be a really highly regarded prospect in the Padres organization, and he was traded to Atlanta. And then I'm going to get into some trades and some other things on where this front office's philosophy is not really up to date with how other people operate in baseball as far as baseball operations and planning and roster and roster depth. And depth charts. So basically, the three players fighting for the 23rd and 24th holes. I said only 24th earlier, but I was kind of going on my Connor Joe, Jose Iglesias rant about the 25th spot. So we got the 23rd and 24th 25-man roster holes ready. There's Robert Stevenson. Basically, he's a starter. He shouldn't even be a reliever. You got Wandy Peralta and you got Matt Wisler. Now, Matt Wisler... He's out of options. Robert Stevenson, out of options. So basically what happens is if those guys don't make the team, they go on uh, waivers and you cannot take them off of waivers. And let me tell you something. Teams are going to pick up Robert Stevenson and teams are going to pick up Matt Wisler. They're going to put Robert Stevenson in the rotation and somebody will put Matt Wisler in the bullpen because... You know, any other organization would have let Robert Stevenson, you know, develop over the last three years as a starter, even if he would have been seven and twelve or five and fifteen with a five ERA. 
three years ago and developed the next year and maybe went, you know, nine and 12 with a 450 ERA. And then last year he might have improved to like a 408 ERA and, you know, 12 and 11, you know, but no, this team expects these guys to just come up and be like ace players, ace pitchers. It doesn't make any sense. The only player I've ever seen get enough rope to hang himself in since 2000 and. 10 is Jose Peraza because of all their trades of their big four players, they got screwed on all of them, including the Todd Frazier trade. They had to stick with Peraza because, you know, they wanted to look like they got something for their trades and they got nothing for anybody except they did get Jose Peraza for Frazier, which still was a bad trade because they turned out Jose Ramirez and Mike Clevenger and another prospect from the Indians and directly went to the Indians competition um, White Sox to do a three-way trade with the Dodgers to land Jose Peraza. So basically, Jose Peraza is the only player I've ever seen him like stick with over and over and over and over again. Okay, Billy Hamilton too, but it's just Billy... I'm not going to get into an argument with myself here because I said Jose Peraza is the only one, but they had nobody else to play center field and Billy Hamilton, you know, was thrown out there. So, but here's my, here's the bigger point other than I'm arguing with myself. Remember last year or two years ago, Jose Peraza was not hitting good. And then Scooter Jeanette, who should have been the starting second baseman, you know, basically middle of April, finally got it at the all-star break. Um, you know, they they waited all the way to the All-Star break to pull Jose Praza. Billy Hamilton, last couple of years, the whole season he's out there. They don't ever make an adjustment. What I'm saying is, why doesn't Robert Stevenson get to go out there and pitch all the way through at least the All-Star break, you know, 20, 22 starts, whatever it is, 21 starts, to see what he's got. It's not like this team has had very many good starters. Instead, ladies and gentlemen, they're throwing the Tim Adelmans of the world out there. The Asher Washkorotskis. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Their own players they drafted and developed and spent millions of dollars on, they're not even giving the rope to go out there, but they're letting all these, you know, has-beens and minor league free agents start games. It's insane. <coughs> Excuse me. Remember Kelvin Sampson, David Holmberg? All those guys got way longer looks than Robert Stevenson. But anyway, so here we are. Back to the 23rd and 24th holes. Juan Peralta has options. They got it. They got some millions, um, not multi-millions, invested in Zach Duke. I think Zach Duke will be fine. It's pretty simple to me, and they got Garrett. Put Peralta in AAA, you're going to have injuries, as we've seen. You're going to have injuries. So put Peralta, or put Peralta down there. Maybe Whistler gets hurt. Maybe Stevenson gets hurt. Maybe you know Duke gets hurt. But that's how sometimes you got to roll with your depth and make it make it fit. And I'm really afraid that they're going to give Peralta 
uh, one of those spots and lose Stevenson or Whistler because if if they lose those guys, they're just wasting talent. And uh, back to Whistler, I wanted to talk about the uh, Adam Duvall trade of last year. There, he was in a four-man outfield rotation. Terrible, terrible idea. Her all the outfielders' production, Shebler included, Winker included, Irvin included, and Duvall. You know, he was only batting around two hundred, but he was still, you know, knocking the ball out of the ballpark. Could you imagine if they just left him out and? left field all day or every game, heck, he'd have probably had way more home runs and had more value. But when they went and traded him to the Braves, they got Matt Whistler, Lucas Sims, and I've talked about this before, Kyle Tucker. So you already have a four-man outfield rotation and you need to get rid of an outfielder and you bring an outfielder back. The Reds front office has this thing about wanting um, quantity versus quality. And I was thinking today, I was watching the uh, Atlanta Braves game, and I was seeing Max Fried on there, and I was thinking, man, you know, Atlanta got him from the Padres, just like where they got Whistler from. Why didn't the Reds just trade Adam Duvall straight up for Max Fried? Forget Sims, forget Whistler, forget Tucker, because here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Whistler was out of options after last year. Lucas Sims is out of options after this year. And you already know what happened to Kyle Tucker. <coughs> He's back with the Braves. Or got back with the Braves last year. So the philosophy of trading quantity over quality is just part of the problem. Now when you saw the Reds trading for Sonny Gray and the Homer Bailey for the three Dodgers players... You saw Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray go to L.A., and then you saw Shedlong go to the Yankees with a draft pick, a competitive balance pick. Well, let's just take Josiah Gray and Jeter Downs. Those guys were drafted the last two years. They have four and five more years of minor league you know, professional baseball ahead of them before they have to be added to a 40-man roster. So... When I talk about the Adam Duvall trade, I'm not just trying to go back in history. I'm trying to explain to you they traded for Lucas Sims, who only had this year left for options, Whistler, who had only last year left with options, who has to make the roster this year, and I already spoke about you know Kyle Tucker, which they should have never even got. Why not get a guy with multiple option years like Max Freed? But anyway, so where do we go from here? Besides drafting better. And I don't mean like Senzel and Green and and Trammell. They have drafted horrible since 2008, basically 2009. Anyway, to make a long story short, bad trades aside, where do we go from here? The Cubs just designated Ian Happ for assignment, and that means that he had a terrible spring. They need a center fielder. The Reds have one too many outfielders. I say, you know, try and see if they can parlay Scott Shebler's great spring into Ian Happ from the Cubs. Trade Shebler to the Cubs, and you're probably going to have to put a reliever in there, and you might have to trade Amir Garrett. Or, if you're lucky, Wandy Peralta. And you might even have to stick another 
prospect in there, like the Cubs need some catching prospects. And Chris O'Kee, who they got as a second or third rounder a couple years ago, uh, had some injuries, but still a good catcher. That might be the parameters of a good trade. Bring in Ian Happ to play second base while Scooter Jeanette's out for a couple months. And then Ian Happ could go to center field and you got a great center fielder. These are the type of forward-thinking trades the Reds need to do in order to keep this team young and under control. And I mean by under control as far as years. But anyway, to make a long story short, Ian Happ's only 25. He only has two years under his belt. You know, the Reds could have him for four more years. And even extend him. He went to the University of Cincinnati. So the other thing I think they should probably look to do is move... Anthony DiSclefani out of the rotation. And I think they need to sign Dallas Keuchel to go in the rotation and even parlay or trade him basically at the deadline into two or three prospects or even one good prospect or one good one and one so-so prospect. And, you know, actually make some depth with the players they got because the problem is the Reds are kind of at a standstill. That's why at the first... uh Basically, Reds line I talked about Connor Joe having to leave for Jose Iglesias, which makes no sense when you're a rebuilding team like this. And Jose Iglesias went on a minor league deal. Then Scooter Jeanette got injured the next day. They could have still had Connor Joe. The reasoning behind what I'm saying is you got to build depth in a correct way. And that has to be what I'm describing as far as Look what the Dodgers got. They got Josiah Gray and Jeter Downs with plenty of minor league service time left without even having to worry about options. They cleared out four 25-man or 40-man roster spaces and 25-man roster spaces to help out their season. But now we're at a point where it's like, I think that the Reds front office, based on the Connor Joe trade to the Giants, they don't know what to do. They're kind of like, can't go left, can't go right, can't move forward. They, It almost feels like they think they did their big LA Dodgers trade, and that's where it is. And that's what they're going to roll out this season. And... They got a unique opportunity to contend and cash in these players for some younger prospects and really do it right. I just don't know if they're going to improve the team anymore as far as like signing a Dallas Keuchel or, you know, Dan Straley got released today by the Marlins. And the Reds can try and basically pick him up or trade for him or whatever. I think the Reds should bring Dan Straley in. I think Straley would give him, you know, 190, 180 innings of basically, I think he did a, actually had a 4.0 ADRA the last two years for the Marlins. You know, he might be a good play, uh, pitcher to come in. And then you can also trade him at the deadline. So... I really think this team needs to be proactive. But right now they're not they're just they're stuck because they're afraid to do anything. But 
you can't work baker's hours when you're in baseball operations. You got to be out there being proactive and talking to other teams and trying to see what's going on. Like, for instance, the Cubs are looking for a center fielder. You got four outfielders. Come on. Let's try and work a deal. They just designated Ian Happ. I mean, there's there's kind of a an opportunity here to clear out one of your outfielders and bring a guy that can come play second base for you and then move to center field next year full-time when some of your outfielders are free agents. So it's all about building depth the right way and how you allocate your assets and how you allocate your payroll and your revenues. So hopefully the Reds will pick up some of these ideas maybe make some moves, try to improve the roster. Because right now what I think is going to go on is that they're going to roll the dice with what they got. And I I believe they're going to score runs even without Jeanette in there. Um, I think Jose Iglesias is going to be the shortstop for the first six, eight weeks of the season, no matter what. And you're going to see his offensive shortcomings come to light. I just hope they don't bat Iglesias leadoff. That's the real problem. Nick Senzel should be your leadoff hitter. The guy's got great wheels or had them before he hurt his ankle. Uh, this team could just be so more uh, efficient as far as the lineup, but it just seems they're making all the wrong moves by making no moves, and then the moves they make are kind of going backwards. So, what can we expect for the first part of the season? You know, they're going to have that Luis Castillo pitch the first game, they're off the next day, and then you're going to see Gray and Rourke and Disco and uh, Male, and it's going to go like that. I'm hoping the offense shows up. I'm hoping once David Bell has a normal lineup instead of just throwing everybody in the leadoff position to get them more at-bats. I'm hoping the lineup kind of settles into a rhythm. But, uh, yeah, there's work to be done. There's players to be had. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Anytime that the all the teams are paring down their players is a really interesting time because you can see who's out of options and who's going to be available, and there might be some players come available you didn't know about. That's how the Reds got Scooter Jeanette. Uh, I don't believe there's any player as good as Scooter Jeanette who are out of options right now. But, uh, yeah, a lot can happen between now and opening day, and I I just wish the Reds would, you know, be in the market and know what other teams are looking for and try and make some trades. You know, the Rockies are looking for a catcher. Uh, Padres are still in the market for a catcher. You you know, you just got to, you know, always try to improve your ball club. And I don't think the Reds' philosophy is is that. I, I think they're in a position where they think they did all the heavy lifting and they had a roster crunch coming down. They made a hasty decision a day or two soon. Uh, the San Francisco Giants general manager was in L.A. when they got Connor Joe. He's now in San Francisco, and he got Connor Joe again. You know, it's we're at a point now where the Reds really need 
to have a plan where they're going. And I'll guarantee you they don't have a plan because Puig's a free agent. Kemp's a free agent. We all know Kemp wasn't ever going to be resigned. Alex Wood's a free agent. Tanner Rourke's a free agent. The Reds have gotten a lot of, uh, you know, basically, lack of a better word, that-a-boys from Major League Network for being interesting and bringing all these players. But <clears throat> I don't think I've ever seen a team bring in this many players on their last year of their deals. Uh, you know, they got Sonny Gray signed to an extension, which was pretty cool. And I'll tell you another thing. The one thing I am excited about is Sonny Gray is an ace. Sonny Gray has ace material. He's got ace stuff. Um, I just think uh, he's going to be an ace, and it's going to be pretty cool to watch him revert back to his Oakland A's days. And uh, I think that that's going to be the one basic shining thing that happened for the offseason. Besides Puig, I think, is going to put up a monster year. Sonny Gray, I think, can be their ace. And if they could just bring in like a Dallas Keuchel, ship out Disco, parlay Shebler for Ian Happ, and try and really improve the roster just a little bit more, just a little bit more at a time, you know, things could get really interesting moving down the stretch because the Reds could be buyers and sellers going down the stretch. What do I mean by that? If it's July 31st, or that week before July 31st, they could be moving veteran hitters like a camp. They could be moving a guy like, I don't really want to move, but if Winker's raking, they can move a young player like Jesse Winker and get a way better prospects back for him. You know, they can move Tanner Rourke if he's having a great year. They can move a Dallas Keuchel. You know, um, they can move a Tucker Barnhart if, you know, a team, you know, was deemed to short the catching position. You know, I'm all for trading Tucker Barnhart to the Padres yesterday for a package around McKenzie Gore, uh, Louis Patino, and uh, Logan Allen. I mean, at some point, you got to kind of not be scared to move your players when you got other players that can, you know, do those positions like Kirk Casale. I believe Kirk Casale can handle the pitching staff just fine. I believe Kirk Casale is going to put up a 20-25 home run season if he's the starting catcher for 25 games or 125 games. So I just think that the Reds get in a position where they don't know what to do. And sometimes you got to like have a plan and move forward with it. And, you know, you got to applaud them for getting rid of Homer Bailey's contract and bringing in Alex Wood, Puig, and Kemp because I think that was a unique situation to take Homer Bailey and get those three quality players and put them on the roster and it improves the the talent. So I'm not really trying to criticize them for bringing all these one-year players. It's just a different philosophy as far as bringing in one-year players, but it made a lot of sense to move Homer Bailey for those guys. I'll never agree with giving up Jeter Downs in that trade because you can't tell me the Dodgers didn't, couldn't, basically. They had to make that deal. They had to move those players in order to move on with their offseason 
and sign guys like AJ Pollock and the other you know free agents they brought in in the in the off season. So I think moving forward, the Reds need to really look this last week and try and shore up the roster and get the best twenty five players they can. You know, on that twenty five man roster through the next basically 10 to 12 weeks until Jeanette gets back. And I think you can, you have to be vigilant. You got to keep making deals. And when an Ian Happ gets designated for assignment and you know, the Cubs are needing a center fielder and you got a guy that's really looking good, like Shebler and you need an extra outfielder hole open. I think you got to try and move those round holes into those or those round pegs in those round holes Instead of these, the Reds trying to put these square pegs in these round holes. And what I mean by that is Peraza not being moved from shortstop for Senzel. Peraza not being moved to center field. They got... And one more thing before I close Reds line number two. You cannot deploy Jesse Winker in center field. And there is a headline where David Bell is going to use Jesse Winker as the backup center fielder. No other team in Major League Baseball would ever do this. And I really think that... I don't think David Bell is that stupid. That has to be down from the front office telling him how it's going to be and him answering questions. Because I don't think David Bell would ever do that. And I'm not a David Bell fan. I wasn't a fan of his when they chose him. I believe they should have chose Brad Ausmus over him. But what I liked about David Bell was he brought in Derek Johnson. He brought in uh, that hitting coach, Turner Ward. I really think that helped the team. But So I'm not criticizing David Bell. I'm saying that is straight from the front office right down to the reporters because you would never... No one's going to play Jesse Winker in center field. It's almost laughable that they've actually done it and now that they're even talking about it, I mean, there is no reason for Jesse Winker to be getting reps in center field the last week of spring training. And whenever you guys criticize me for my ideas or whatever in Reds Nation 4192, just remember that David Bell said that Jesse Winker was the backup center fielder. Even the most novice and naive and, you know just casual fan of baseball would know you would not play Jesse Winker in center field. And it's not anything against Jesse Winker. He's just not built to cover center field. It's it's nothing bad. It's nothing good. It's nothing anything. It's just, that's the way it is. Anyways, that's Reds line number two in the books. Uh, if you guys have any questions, you can always post them in the comment section under the post and I will address them in the post or on the next Reds line. But I am just hoping the Reds will make some more good moves. I don't think it's going to happen because I think they're set. But uh, I've had a good time talking Reds baseball and I really appreciate whoever listens to this. And uh, I just hope that the Reds win on opening day to give everybody and 
the town of Cincinnati something good to look forward to. And um, there's a lot to look forward to this season. They just need to keep moving forward.